It's not a matter of if we will worship, but what we'll worship and who will worship in Jesus. We choose right now in this time to worship you, to give you our time and to give you our attention, to give you our love and to give you our thoughts, even when we become distracted, to simply offer those back to you. And we worship even if we don't feel it because we love you, simply because we love you. Jesus is worthy of everything, and so, Lord, we come before you tonight. You were the word at the beginning, one with God and the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you. Christ, what a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King, what a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We've got something very special lined up for you tonight. We're going to air highlights from a recent event that took place we call Reignite. Well, what's that? If you're familiar with Ignite, it's witness, word, and worship in the very presence of Jesus Christ, the transforming, healing presence of Christ. Over the last five years, many of you have experienced this powerful event. And as an organization, Mass Impact, we are wanting to, if you will, reintroduce this um, periodically tied into this movement of helping marriages and families live it. So that's been our goal all along. And over the last years, the Holy Spirit has really led us to put emphasis on really encouraging marriages and families to make it happen, not just once in a while or on Sundays, but in our homes. And we provide all the tools to do that. And I ask you the question humbly, as one who's striving to live this out very imperfectly, as a husband and father myself, with the events of the past few days in El Paso and Dayton, do we not see the urgency of us as parents in particular to put the flag in the sand in our marriages and homes, to overcome our awkwardness and receive that grace. Well, what's going to be different a year from now from this moment? What's decisive, and Pope Benedict speaks of this beautifully in his Jesus of Nazareth trilogy, what's decisive is the relationship at the heart of ritual, relationship at the heart of religion. So all that to say tonight, we're inviting you to go deeper into that encounter of Christ, to know how much he loves us so much that we cannot help but want that to come alive in our marriages and families, to overcome our awkwardness, to overcome our indifference. And for the life journey, sign up at ilovemyfamily.us. Get on the road, overcome the obstacles, receive the grace. Right now is that time. There's no better time than now to say, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Now we're going to begin with Curtis Weisenberger, seminarian, who gives us a very beautiful testimonial, followed by some praise and worship woven into the night, and at some point, a wonderful sermon delivered by Father Mike Danderan in connecting God's great love to us here and now. 
With no further ado, let's get on with the program. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. I am from Putnam County, which isn't uh, too far from here, I guess. And um, my mother is here, my groupie. Uh, but uh, tonight, I just want to... I hope that what Greg was saying will kind of strike us to the heart as well. I'm, I'm hoping that tonight will be a night of renewal for us and a night of encounter with the living God who will be truly present here for us. And so I want to share with you all a little bit about my own life and how Jesus, specifically in the Blessed Sacrament, how we will encounter him tonight, um, has spoken to me, reached out to me, renewed me um, in my prayer and, and my life um, before the Eucharist and how all that has changed my life. So, for those of you that don't know me, I was not raised a Catholic, and the Eucharist was something that was always foreign to me as a child. I remember one of the first masses I ever attended, uh, the priest holding up the host after the consecration, and that image is something that was seared into my mind. Uh, I could never get rid of it. And at the time, I had no idea what or who that was. I just knew that it was something important. But there was something placed in my heart at that very moment that would eventually draw me back to Jesus. So moving forward a few years, I found myself an average college student at The Ohio State University, Roe Buckeyes, and uh, Brendan here was actually part of a great community there that I, that I encountered there. So. Um, but I was searching, you know, as a freshman, that's kind of the normal thing to do. I was searching for my purpose, my fulfillment, my love. Um, and I wasn't necessarily asking, what does God want of my life, but where am I going to find what I need and what I'm looking for? Of course, like many others my age, I searched in all the wrong places for this. You can imagine the typical college uh, experience. But during my freshman and sophomore years at OSU, I was led by the Blessed Mother to return to what had already left an imprint in my heart, the Eucharist. And while contemplating becoming a Catholic, I just went every day uh, to sit in the back of church to pray before the Eucharist. Again, I can't explain why I just was drawn there. And it was there that I started finding the answers that I was looking for. It was there that I received faith and graces of all kinds. It was there I began to encounter Jesus at a personal level. And it was this love of Jesus in the Eucharist that changed the way I was living my life. You know, love changes everything, that's kind of the saying, but it was especially true in this case with the Eucharist to see how the lengths that God had gone to to make himself accessible to me to be present in the same room as me, and to make, what, what humility, to make himself so small and vulnerable. In fact, it almost brings me back to that Christmas night at the manger, you know, with the baby Jesus. Um, what a wonderful gift for us. And realizing that changed my life. It was in his presence that I finally chose him. And that's the whole Christian life. And I tried to choose him again, day after day after day. And I could trust with a deeper trust. You know, sometimes we get those, 
those anxieties that Greg was talking about, those worries, the chaos in our life, I could trust with that deeper trust. I could pray more intensely, and I could discern his will in my life, and I could forgive and be forgiven. My life goes on a few years. I graduate from Ohio State, and I find myself away from my previous spiritual community and living a very busy life, which I'm sure many of you can relate with. I was going to school and teaching at the same time, and so I had a pretty full, uh, pretty full day and little to no time for prayer. The effects of this were easy to see in my life, though. There was an increase of stress, more of a mediocre approach to my life. There was a distance between God and myself that uh, I was uncomfortable with. Of course, all these things would have made me more susceptible to the wiles of the devil, but by the grace of God, my heart was moved to return before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament on a regular basis. And so after teaching a full day, I would go and there was a local church, the church was open and I would go and sit there just for an hour and just have a conversation with Jesus um, in the tabernacle. And it was during this time that I realized God was my rock and I have nothing without him. You know, all, all this stuff is going around, changes in my life, busy, stress, uh, but I knew that I could come here and I could leave my weariness, my weakness, my questions, my confusion, my chaos, all of that I could leave at his feet. And so recognizing that he was the source of all good, I began to let him renew me in his presence in this, in this way. And it was there that I was again renewed, given this peace, and my heart, almost in a literal way, became aflame with love in his presence. And it was only in that presence that I was able to finally hear him speak to me and was again given the grace to choose Jesus in my life. How many times had I tried to run from choosing Jesus from what he wanted from my life? How many times do I still run? How many times have I been without strength? How many times have I not had the peace and fortitude to do what I know I ought? Yet I found in my own life that it was before him that I found my medicine, my strength, and my peace. And I began to realize that it was there that I received healing. It was there that I was saved from being the mediocre man that I was going to fall into and from following my own plans. And it was there that I received the strength to do wonderful things, the wonderful things that God had in mind. And it was only because of this daily encounter with our Lord that I was able to finally hear and answer his call, asking me to enter the seminary, something I was very opposed to at the beginning. So I don't know where you're at in your life tonight, but I hope you'll take this with you. No time spent with Jesus is ever wasted. Remember that tonight. And it's only in him and with him that we will find what we are looking for and what we need. Tonight, I pray that all of us can use this opportunity to really encounter Christ, either for the first time or to plunge into the deep again with him, going all in and giving ourselves over entirely to Christ. It is here that we will be reignited. It is here where we will be given strength. It is here where we will find healing and hope for the future. Jesus, tonight we ask you to renew us in your love and strengthen our hearts so that we may choose you in all of our life. 
Make us the shining saints that you want each one of us to be. And may Mary, your mother, mother of the Eucharist, draw our hearts into worship of you tonight. Amen. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. So as we get ready to experience that presence, which Curtis just so beautifully shared, was so profound and real and accessible in his life, which is true for each and every one of us. We just want to take a moment of preparation and prayer to be able to receive all that the Lord desires to give to us tonight. So I ask that you take a candle that hopefully you grabbed. And I just ask that as you hold this candle, you allow it to represent yourself, your soul, your life, all that is within you, all that you carry, all that is a part of you, past, present, your hopes, your dreams for the future. So keep that in mind as we pray for the Lord to just allow us to experience, as Greg loves to say, that Niagara Falls of grace that he just desires to flow through us. So I ask you to close your eyes as you hold your candle right now. And let us enter into this prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a moment and try to dispel all distractions, especially those within us. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please illuminate our memories our hearts and our minds, the ways and times that we have hurt others. Help us to look beyond our protective wall of shame and pride. Anything we've said or done to hurt members of our family friends, people we've known, past or present. Holy Spirit, we desire true healing that comes from our heartfelt, sincere apology. We want to lay these burdens down. Brothers and sisters, picturing all of this now, pray in the silence of your heart with me. For what I have done, I am truly sorry. And I encourage you to take your nearest opportunity to express this to those that you might need to. Now remaining in prayer, let's turn to all those who have hurt us that we need to forgive. Holy Spirit, please illuminate our memories, our hearts, our minds, the ways and times others have hurt us. 
Help us to look beyond the walls that we've built to protect our brokenness. As you, Lord, allowed yourself to be broken, allow us now to let our wounds be revealed. Make us aware of what anyone has said or done to hurt us. Members of our family, our friends, people we've known, past or present. Holy Spirit, we desire true healing that comes from our heartfelt forgiveness. We want to be free, Lord. Brothers and sisters, picturing all of this now with confidence in the Lord's healing power, in the silence of your heart, pray now with me. For what they have done to me, I truly forgive them. And Lord, let us be reminded that you made us for yourself. You love us so profoundly. And so the enemy wants to haunt us with lies about who we are. So right now, remaining in prayer, let's name those whispering lies of the enemy. After each one, please join me aloud in declaring in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. Pride, control, anxiety, depression. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. Envy and jealousy. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. Self-pity, blame, ugliness, rejection. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. Insecurity, fear, addiction. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. Failure, lust, revenge, shame. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. Narcissism and vanity and all selfishness. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. Self-righteousness, stubbornness, entitlement, and ingratitude. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. All lies of the enemy that we struggle with. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce you. And so we come before God tonight. We believe truly will be present to us. We go to John 6 for that, and I'll simply state we truly believe that Jesus Christ is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Let's pray tonight with the saints who say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. He is truly going to be with us for 2,000 years of church history. Amazing miracles have happened associated with the Eucharist. If you doubt that, I encourage you, go to your Google Chromes and whatever and check it out. 
A miracle is going to be in our presence, and that is the very second person of the Trinity inviting us to come forward and place these candles, and then following will be Jesus in procession who will be on top of this burning bush. Illuminated by us, by our candles representing us, and in turn illuminating us. So there's a very sacred thing going on here right now that God, not Greg or your friend or your neighbor, praise God you're here, but the heart of this moment is your Savior and Creator who is summoning you forward to know him deeply. So let's do that now. Let's go to the back and get our candles lit and proceed forward and place them wherever you'd like on the burning bush. Isn't he? 
Oh 
Jesus, we invite you this night to come again and reign supreme within our hearts, to be the Lord of our hearts. And to do that, we need your grace, we need your mercy, we need your forgiveness for all the things we have placed in lordship over our hearts instead of you. So in your mercy, cleanse our souls to make room for you. With eyes of faith, we gaze upon you. Lord, help our unbelief to know that you are truly present. And as we kneel before you and we come into your presence, we know that we come into the gift of love, which is you. So above all things, let us simply receive your love this night. We do nothing other than to receive the gift of you, the gift of love in this most blessed sacrament. We ask this in your name, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. It's not a matter of if we will worship, but what we'll worship and who will worship in Jesus. We choose right now in this time to worship you, to give you our time and to give you our attention, to give you our love and to give you our thoughts, even when we become distracted, to simply offer those back to you. And we worship even if we don't feel it because we love you, simply because we love you. And as we have a time to sing songs of praise to Jesus here, you're more than welcome to stand, you're more than welcome to sit or continue kneeling. However you want to praise Jesus, you're more than welcome to fold your hands, lift your hands. Jesus is worthy of everything, and so Lord, we come before you tonight. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see
us now to encounter him in silence. Our five senses too often are being agitated and tortured and we're told that only if those five senses are being ridden 
are we alive? And God wants to meet us at a deeper place. He wants us to surrender and to discover him in our depths. So Lord Jesus, as we take this time, let us not be distracted by the beautiful little sounds of your little children if they emerge or whatever else around us may be distracting. Draw us into the depths. Give us the patience to persevere. Let this rhythm of your love continue to flow through us, these streams of living water. Let our hearts continue to lift to you in worship in the silent places. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Psalm 31.7 I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love, for you have seen my troubles, and you care about the anguish of my soul. Romans 8:38 through 39 For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither the angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord Psalm 36:5 your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Good evening. As I was praying, a little slice of heaven on earth, huh? And in heaven, the beautiful thing is the choirs of angels will unite with all the saints in heaven. And there's a unity there with the saints in heaven. We'll feel a bond to our neighbor that's stronger than the marital bond. We'll feel a love and a charity for our neighbor that's beyond anything we can experience in this world. We will live and worship in a community of love, and together we will give glory to the Father through the Son. And tonight, we've gathered as God's holy people, united in charity for one another, giving glory to the Father through Jesus, the Son. A little slice of heaven on earth. There's a beautiful, profound story in the 24th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. The most telling line in that passage is, the resurrected Christ drew near to them, but they failed to recognize him. That's the story of the two disciples who were journeying away from Jerusalem after the suffering and the death, the crucifixion of our Lord. These are two disciples who, who fell in love with the Lord, the message of the Lord. They journeyed with him. They believed in him. They placed all their hope in him. And they were scandalized to realize that he'd be arrested, tried as a criminal, be mocked, scourged, crowned with thorns, 
made to walk through the streets of Jerusalem as he endured capital punishment. Their hope was crucified at Calvary, and their hope was dashed when they laid their friend in the tomb, and they leave Jerusalem lost in darkness and sadness and no hope. But the resurrected Lord drew near to them, and they failed to recognize him. That's the Emmaus walk. That sometimes in those moments of our life where we're journeying away from where we're supposed to be, whether that's geographically or within our hearts, we know we're supposed to be that faithful spouse with that unconditional love, offering forgiveness, that unconditional spouse who gives 110% to the spouse who gives 25%. We want to journey away with a parent whose heart's broken because their children reject their love or reject their faith. And you want to journey away, whatever it is, the crosses of life, where we're called to be faithful to the Lord in discipleship and love of Him and neighbor, and yet it just seems too much to bear, and we want to journey away from that responsibility and that call, and in that moment that we journey away, the resurrected Lord drew close. We may run from Him, but He chases us down, as He did to those two disciples on the way to Emmaus. He literally chased them down. And he entered into their presence, and the resurrected Lord in his glorified body was transformed. They, they, he looked like a man like any other, but as a resurrected Lord, so facially his body composition seemed different. They didn't recognize it was as the one who was their hope, who was their friend. They failed to recognize him. And that didn't cause him to depart from them. That just simply caused Jesus to enter more deeply into conversation with them. And he talked with them. And spent time with them and, and talked to them about the Old Testament and the scriptures and, and how all that was going to be happening to the resurrected Christ, as they had said, was foretold in the Old Testament. And then their hearts began to come alive again. And that flicker of hope returned. And the light that had been gone now somehow returned. And they knew that something was special here. They invited him then, when they arrived at their destination, to come in and have dinner with them. Still not knowing him as a resurrected Lord, Jesus sat with them at table. He took some leftover bread. He blessed it. He broke it. And at that moment, their eyes were open. And he vanished. And they knew the resurrected Lord had come into their presence in the midst of their darkness. Now, the catechism doesn't say this. And I know I didn't come up on my own, so I must have read it somewhere. Where did the Lord go when he vanished from the eyesight of those two disciples? In the bread that was broken, in order that his words might be fulfilled, 
that to have life in him, we must eat his flesh and drink his blood. The bread was broken, and the Lord gave himself entirely to those two disciples in the Holy Eucharist to not only draw near to them, but to allow his life to come into them through the reception of the bread that was broken through the Holy Eucharist. Our lives are a bit like an Emmaus. There are times where we just feel like we don't know where to go and we want to journey away and the Lord chases us down to come into our presence. And tonight he has indeed come into our presence. Let us not fail to recognize him. We have journeyed here and he's come into our presence he wants to make known to us that he is a God who is alive, that he is a God worthy of all our hope, a God who we can lean in on, a God who journeys with us throughout all of this life. In a moment, as the disciples experience, so we will experience, our resurrected Lord in the Holy Eucharist will journey in our midst. We will bring our resurrected Lord down and we will actually walk among us, allowing him to walk among you, to journey close to you, that he might be your strength as he reveals himself to you in this most holy Eucharist. As Jesus passes, feel free to come around Jesus as Jesus comes around us and ask him for whatever special healing, whatever your hunger leads to Jesus, ask him in that moment by just touching the veil in faith. Prepare the way, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord. desire to live this encounter in your work, in your school, in all the activities of your life? How many of you would like to have that sense of God alive and live this out? Because it's not enough just to be hungry and desire it. You got to act. You got to cooperate with it. And God wants 
you to journey ever deeper beyond just these moments. So number one, I'm encouraging you to go to ilovemyfamily.us and sign up. There's a sign up button there. Make a partnership with God right now and say, I am going home tonight and I'm going to sign up for this because I want to experience God's grace as a way of life. Number two, men. And hang on, ladies, there's a version of this for women that will be coming out. But Pentecost90.us. It's an invitation for men in particular who are asking the question, what does just basic baseline receiving God's grace look like? What are the basic things? There's seven commitments there. We've got a number of Catholic male leaders throughout the country on board, and it's right here taking root and spreading throughout the country. So I'm going to ask you men in particular to embrace the grace, to discover his hands forging in us dispositions at the heart of the disciplines. So you sign up at Pentecost90.us. Finally, uh, we are blessed to partner with an organization called Encounter Ministries. Encounter, how many of you went to the Encounter Conference in January at Seagate? They had 1,500 people last year, and this next year it's going to double 3,000 Catholics. So picture this times up to 3,000 people. It's going to be powerful. Patrick Rice, Father Matthias. And to sort of pave the way for that, on October 12th, we're going to have a healing event. And I don't have any more details than to tell you to put it on your calendar. October 12th, Saturday, a citywide, region-wide healing event led by Father Matthias, Patrick Rice. Finally, I'm just going to say, if you are moved to support this, we are families engaging families to live it a full-time nonprofit work. If you're moved to help support us, a number of you guys do. And it's not just us, it's us. It's about seeing uh, the kingdom come in this area, which we all would desire to see so much more, especially with the toxicity of the culture. Thank you so much for being with us. It's blessed to be building the kingdom with you, brothers and sisters. Let it flow into your marriages and homes tonight and work tomorrow. And let this just be a snapshot that is alive, a video, let it continue to flow in the form of your own lives. We love you guys, and thank you so much for coming. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name.